1: Welcome everyone to another episode of the Spurs Up Show presented by the Armchair All-Americans. I'm your host, Chris Phillips, joined as always by my friend and colleague, Tyler Clark. Uh, Before we get started today, be sure to go online. If you haven't done so yet, not sure what you're doing at this point, the best Gamecock podcast on the internet by far, the Spurs Up Show. Be sure to go rate, subscribe, share, and download the Spurs Up show on iTunes, the Stitcher app, wherever you consume your podcasts, consume your media. Uh, Also, be sure to follow us on our social media handles. We're at Twitter, at ArmchairScar. That's going to be at ArmchairScar. Uh, Instagram at armchairscarolina, and again, this is a podcast brought to you by the Armchair Americans, armchairamericans.com. Be sure to go check us out there, all of our content, latest breaking game content news and coverage. Uh, Again, Armchair Americans, we're localizing your sports coverage content, so be sure to go to armchairamericans.com for all of your coverage there as well. Um, So like I mentioned, we're back. This is another episode of the Spurs Up show, episode 37. We are going to be previewing the college baseball season, Tyler, it's finally baseball season. It's here. Opening day is just, I guess, three days away now. The Gamecocks host VMI on Friday uh, in a three-game series to kick off the year, to kick off year one of the Mark Kingston era. Before we get to that, I'll ask you, Tyler, I know you've been, you know, uh, coaching up a lot of baseball as well, and obviously I know you're ready for the baseball season to start, so I'll ask, how you been? How's everything going with uh, with school and obviously, you know, with everything you've had going on as well? It's good, man. I can't complain. Yeah, I can't either. I'm, I'm actually liking these morning shows. I got a little coffee here. I, you know, I stayed up late last night to put everything together. I, I'm feeling good, man. I like the, I like these morning shows, kind of get the day started off on a good note. It's not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> For sure. So, like I mentioned, we're going to be previewing the 2018 baseball season just to recap a little bit of what happened last year. Not too much. Uh, obviously, the Gamecocks went 35 and 25, missed <laughs> out on the postseason. Um, For I believe it was the second time in the last three years. We all know what happened with Chad Holbrook and his staff. Uh, A lot of those let go. Um, So, like I said, Tyler, this is year one of Mark Kingston. Um, Kingston comes a pretty solid pedigree, was a head coach at South Florida before this, has worked at big-time powers like Miami. Um, You know, we all know about his pedigree and have kind of talked about that, you know, in full length. Um, The the biggest thing I want to start, you know, talking about, Tyler, is, you know, I want to get your opinion on this. What do you think is going to be the biggest change from the Chad Holbrook era over to the Mark Kingston era, if any?
2: I think Mark Kingston's biggest philosophy, you know, is hitting. And uh, it's not so much just hitting, you know, singles and stealing bases. It's not small ball. It is, you know, doubles, triples, homers. Uh, I could tell I had a chance to hear him speak along with the uh, the rest of the staff a couple months or about a month ago. Uh, and you could tell his philosophy is he wants to score runs, Um and score them through power, uh, so there will be guys that he thinks that can uh, either hit the gap or you know hit it over the fence. Uh, and I think that's that's definitely the biggest difference, uh, between last season, uh, is just the approach uh, at the plate.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you. You know, from what I've heard, um, Mark Kingston's an absolute boss. I mean, I know I said you. You know, you went down and uh, went to his coach's clinic and kind of heard from him and scholar Me and a couple other guys. And uh, I, I definitely think that's going to be the biggest change this year, just from year one of the Mark Kingston era, what are fans going to see um, is a complete philosophical change. just a complete different – a different type of mental approach, I think. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not saying Chad Holbrook did anything wrong. And, you know, I don't want to dive into, you know, marking off a list what, what Chad Holbrook could have done. But I just definitely think this year, uh, coming into the season, fans are going to see – you know, like you mentioned, a different approach at the plate. Like you said, I definitely think Mark Kingston definitely focuses on more so lifting the baseball, driving the baseball out of the ballpark. You know, more of a Ray Tanner, <clears throat> excuse me, Ray Tanner type approach. Um, and then pitching as well. It'll be interesting to see how Skyler Mead's imp- ha- what kind of impact he has a new pitching coach. I, you know, from what I've from what I've heard from a couple sources, you know, the players all love him. They're real, you know, real players, coaches. And uh, but you know, Mark Kingston knows him to put his foot down. So I think the philosophical change. Uh, and the mental approach for the Gamecocks will be the biggest change, you know, just coming from Chad Holbert to Mark Kingston. Um, you know, while some people, you know, I, I think a lot of people are high on this team as far as talent wise goes and what Mark Kingston can do a year one. Obviously, as we know, you know, South Carolina wasn't ranked in any of the major preseason polls. Um, I think maybe they were ranked in one poll, but really wasn't ranked, weren't ranked in any preseason polls. Um So I think a lot of people are expecting obviously Florida is going to come back and be loaded as we know they are the reigning national champ. You know, you got Vanderbilt, Kentucky was a real big surprise last year. Uh, The SEC is going to be solid. I think a lot of people um, are, you know, tabbing, you know, the Gamecocks were tabbed, finished fourth in the SEC East. Um, So, you know, I'm not sure exactly what the expectations are, you know, for Kingston year one. Personally for me, Tyler, what, you know, you know, I have here, what would you consider a success in year one for Mark Kingston? for me, it's simply making the postseason. I mean, I think this is a team, even with the losses on, you know, on the pitching staff, which we're going to get to in just a second. I think, you know, with Carolina baseball, this is a team that has enough talent to make the postseason and should be in the postseason. I think those are realistic expectations. I think those are expectations that I know the team has and that Kingston has as well. But you know, he realized that when he took the job that that's kind of the standard. I think is I'm not sure that South Carolina, you know, has the pieces to host a regional, but I think without a doubt. Without a doubt, this is a team that can certainly, I think, realistically make the postseason. What, you know, I'll ask you the same question. What would you, what would you consider, you know, successful year one of Mark Kingston? Do you think what I mentioned are realistic expectations, or you expect a little bit more, a little bit less? You know, I think making a regional
2: is, is extremely uh, realistic, and I think that's uh, pretty much – I'm not going to say it's their goal. I'm sure they have way higher goals than that.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Uh,
2: but the team that, that didn't make the postseason last year, you could see that there was so much just left on the field that was, you know, such a talented baseball team. Uh, but but now you you go through a complete coaching change, uh, and I feel like that's, you know, an extremely realistic expectation uh, to for an SEC East team. Uh, to make it into the
1: postseason. Yeah, and I was going to say, too, I mean, that team that team almost made the postseason. And, I mean, I feel like everything that could have went wrong last year did. I mean, every close game they could lose, they lost it. And, I mean, you could definitely tell down the stretch, mentally the team was just, I mean, so, so drained. I mean, how could you not be? You know, there were so many Sunday ball games that just didn't go South Carolina's way. And, uh, you know, I was actually – when I was putting this together, I, I came across the clip of Seth Beer's home run uh, against Josh Reagan, I still haven't gotten over that, I don't think. So just games like that. I mean, this team, as bad as a year as this team had last year, they were still pretty close to making the postseason. So I think without a doubt, um, you have to think that that trend is going to reverse itself a little bit this year. I think, you know, I just think with a new rejuvenated kind of spirit and new rejuvenated mindset, I, I definitely think is going to help them a ton. Um, and I, I think they've got a, probably got a newfound confidence as well, especially, especially the hitters. But instead of the hitters, we're going to start first. With the pitching staff, the rotation, the bullpen, obviously I think um, is my favorite thing to talk about seeing as I, I was a pitcher in college. But, um, and I think probably the most important thing for the Gamecocks as well. Um, South Carolina, as we know, loses two of their three weekend starters. And Clark Schmidt and Will Crow, both big time guys that were drafted in the MLB draft last spring uh, or last summer, excuse me. Um, you know, the hardest hit I'd say, Tyler, was in the bullpen. You lose Tyler Johnson, you lose Josh Reagan, you lose Reed Scott, some really veteran guys you could rely on. While, while they weren't always perfect last year, I mean, all three of those guys, you know, had a pretty solid campaign, especially, I mean, even a guy like Tyler Johnson, you, even when he wasn't perfect, you know, you have a guy coming out of the bullpen, you know, throwing upper 90s um, is always a comforting thing. All, you know, all of those guys were drafted. Uh, all those guys are playing minor league ball right now. As of right now, the projected rotation, you got Adam Hill, who comes from the Sunday slot, slides into the Friday slot. You know, I, I tell you what's funny. I remember we looked at this last, last, uh, last spring, Tyler, after the postseason, but Adam Hill's stats last year, he had a 3.04 ERA and went three and six. Overall. That's horrible. It's just, it's, it speaks to the, uh, the hitting was, you know, his run support, which we'll get to. I don't know if they have that. I don't think they have that list in the stats, but I'd love to see what his run support was per game. Um, but anyways, Adam Hill will slide into that Friday night spot on Saturday. Uh, Mark Kingston, you know, he's announced at least two thirds of his rotation. He's going to go with Cody Morris, the tall right hander. Um, really talented kid. You know, is a guy that has stuff sort of like Tyler Johnson. I feel he was a real big kid, six foot four. Um, fastball sits 93 to 96 he he can settle in at 91 to 94 as well if he really needs to pump it up and I've, I've heard he's hit 97 but um got a really heavy sink heavy sink on his fastball you know really good breaking ball um and a nice changeup as well so if he can if he can come out command his pitches I mean I think that's gonna be the big thing for Cody Morris I think he's got the potential to be a big time guy on Saturdays for South Carolina um and then I think right now I know Mark Kingston said it's either gonna be one of the Chapman's Either look right-handed pitcher Logan Chapman uh, or right-handed pitcher Ridge Chapman, who's a JUCO transfer, but I think Logan Chapman right now, from what I'm hearing, if I had to guess, I think Logan Chapman is going to be the guy. Um, 91 to 93, this fastball, you know, says that he sits with an 89, 91, you know, when he's having good command. Um, got a nice 12-6 curveball and then a good changeup as well. So another three-pitch guy for Carolina. You know, talk about Tyler, you know, I'll ask you first because I'm really intrigued. You know, Adam Hill obviously is a freshman. I think he went 7-0, and was in that Sunday slot. Um, in the Sunday slot again last year, we mentioned kind of the lack of run support. Do you feel like from watching Adam Hill for two years, do you do how, how confident do you feel about Adam Hill sliding in that Friday night spot, spot and being kind of the guy? Because as we know, I mean, being a Friday night starter in the SEC is, is much, much different than being a Sunday guy. I mean, it's all about setting the tone and kind of being – you know, being a bulldog, and you know, like I said, setting the tone for the weekends. Talk about how do you feel about Adam Hill sliding in that role?
2: I like it. Um, looking at his stats, you can't really tell it, but um, if you look deeper, deeper into those stats, you can see that he's got you know really good stuff. Uh, he definitely has command. Uh, there were a couple of games last year, I know, on Sundays that uh, that command kind of kind of left him. But after a full off season, uh, you're going into your junior year. Uh, I think you got to understand that it's it's time to go. Time to go.
1: No, yeah, for sure. And, you know, you mentioned... of, uh... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Sorry, go
2: ahead. I was saying there was a lot of stuff, uh, like preseason polls that had him, you know, ranked as one of the best college baseball prospects. Uh, just pitchers, um, you know. I think he's ready to to take it to the next level. Uh, he has great stuff. Uh, definitely the stuff of a Friday night guy. But if he can just get that command, um, be more consistent a little bit, uh, he's definitely got the makings of a good Friday night pitcher.
1: Yeah, I agree. And what I was just going to say to kind of, you know, comment what you said about how he kind of lost his uh, lost his control a little bit, you know, here and there, obviously, as as all pitchers do. Um, I I do think he has kind of that bulldog mentality. I mean, every time he seemed to get in a jam or kind of lose control, he's always been a guy to kind of go back, reset uh, and be able to get out out of tough situations. I think to be a Friday night guy again, I think that's kind of the biggest thing that you have to have is be a bulldog, you know, be be thick skin, be tough. Really. Like I said, I say it over and over again, but set the tone for your team and set the tone for the weekend. I mean, even if you, there's a lot of times, even if you lose a ball game, two to one, you can still sort of set the tone for your team and bring that, you know, that toughness to the team. And, you know, like I said, just, just get your guys set up to, you know, at least go in the next two or maybe even even sweep if you win your game. So I, you know, Friday night, we all know how big Friday night is in the sec and, you know, non-conference as well. Um, Another guy that was named by Mark Kingston, Eddie DeMarius, is going to be the closer for the Gamecocks, apparently. Um, you know, kind of a – someone Gamecock fans probably aren't familiar with. He's pretty new. Um, you know, is a Juco transfer, another Juco transfer for the Gamecocks. Uh, DeMarius, really, really good stuff from what I've heard. Um, you know, I know that – all the players that I've seen, we actually posted that on Twitter that Demarius got the, the closer role. All the players obviously love him, really high on him. Um, from what I've read, he's in the 90 to 93 range, so he's obviously not, you know, Tyler Johnson-esque velocity. He doesn't have to be his stuff, but he, I heard he's got a pretty good slider. Um, and then I think another guy, since we're talking bullpen, that I think is, is, you know, bound to have a big year, will probably start a lot of midweek games with Colby Lee. I'm not sure if you remember Tyler, but he had a really good, really good year last year as a freshman, he had a really – good end the last season as well um but you know I, I would not be shocked to see him you know get a couple of midweek games um you know at least starting a couple of midweek games but definitely be using like the seventh or eighth inning kind of a kind of as a setup man um and then finally ridge chapman like i said the juco transfer um somebody again they're really high on like i said a lot of new faces but they said he's 92 94 has a power slider um you know, somebody that I think the Gamecocks will lean on. So these are kind of the guys they're high on. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, the bullpen shaking out. You know, bottom line for them, I think, you know, without kind of going into detail of, of the guys they have, is it's, it's just all going to be about, especially early, finding who fits and what roles. Because, you know, as we saw from last year, I mean, things can get shuffled around a lot. You never know when injuries are going to hit. I mean, you have Demarius as the closer right now. But, you know, I think especially when you're coming into an unknown where guys are unproven, I mean, I think, you know, <clears throat> You know their their outings are going to be kind of their tri- their their tryouts, and I mean, in big time Division One college baseball, I mean you you know you can ask anybody. You throw you have one or two bad outings, and you might not get another shot all season. You might get replaced. So um, the pressure is going to be on for these guys for sure. I mean, these early series and these early midweek games are going to be big time for them, just to prove that you know they can fill those roles, and um, you know. Be big time for the Gamecocks. I mean, I think that's what it all comes down to. Tyler, would you say that the bullpen is your biggest area of concern? Area of concern? Um, just looking at kind of the youth and experience they have there. Oh,
2: absolutely. You can see, you know, last year the bullpen had trouble at times, uh, and you lose seventy percent of your innings from a year ago. Um, that's definitely your biggest area of concern going in. Uh, but you know, it's a new. It's a new coaching staff. Uh, I know all the guys love Skyler Mead. Uh, he's a super cool, dude uh and he really knows what he's talking about uh so if these guys can you know you know use their experience from last year and take a step to the next level uh they could they could be decent but uh it's definitely an area of concern going in
1: yeah i think mead like you mentioned i know all the, all the players love mead i th- I think mead uh is going again i think he's just going to bring sort of what kingston's going to bring to the whole team uh I think Meade's going to kind of bring that mental mental toughness and that swagger this pitching staff was missing last year. Again, you know, I thought just last year, you know, it's more so when you're in the bullpen and you're a closer. It's more so just about being tough, um, being able to kind of bear down, you know, make a pitch, get out of a jam, stuff like that. So, like I said, it'll be interesting because, again, you know, it's – it's one thing to look really good and have the stuff when you're in a scrimmage or in it, you're an inner squad. But when you get under the lights, you know, when you face Florida, the opening sec series, it's, it's going to be interesting to see who kind of steps up and, you know, who doesn't. So, um, one of the big concerns, I think that it, you know, has been talked about in the preseason a little bit is the lack of lefties, uh, on this baseball team. So only three left-handed pitchers on the team, um, Obviously, being a former left-handed pitcher myself, I was a little disappointed in that. But, Tyler, is that something that really, you know, you're a baseball guy, just, you know, looking from not even just a South Carolina Gamecocks team perspective, but a baseball perspective. Is that something that worries you when you look at a team, is the lack of lefties, or do you think it's not that big of a deal in college baseball?
2: You know, I love lefties more than anybody in the world. But, you know, if you got three, I feel like you can work with it a little bit. Uh, You start to find the guys – or starting to find the right-handers that look a little deceptive to lefties. So you can you can kind of, you know, figure out uh, which guys you want to throw against lefties if you can't throw a lefty against them. Um, but we'll see going in. Uh, you know, I think that's another thing you have to analyze, you know, a, a few weeks into the season, whether it's a problem
1: or not. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they play matchups then. I mean, if they – you know, again, all they got you know, the left-hander Corey Stone is one – um, Hank Nichols, Hank Nichols, a sophomore, Corey Stone, who is a freshman, and then John Gilreath, who is the early enrollee freshman, friend of the show for sure. Uh, what's up, John? But, yeah, the early enrollee, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, again, you don't know. I mean, obviously, we're not out at the scrimmages or anything like that. I mean, uh, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, all those guys are really, really young, and I don't know if they even have one inning pitched amongst the three of them. So, um, <laughs>
2: of course, doesn't. I've seen him pitch uh, in high school. Corey Stone. He's pretty good. Okay.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see just how they use those guys, how quickly they thrust those guys. And you have to imagine, you know, in the early going, these non-conference series, you know, that they're going to give these younger guys every every possible opportunity. I mean, you open with three against VMI, then you've got North Florida on Tuesday, Winthrop Wednesday, then you got three against Charleston Southern. I mean, those are all games, I think we can agree, Tyler, that you should have a good shot to win. So I, I think trying to get, you know, obviously focus on winning the series, you know, sweeping if at all possible, but getting these young guys in there, kind of trying some guys out in some different roles, I think would be really, really beneficial for this team. Um, so, you know, like I said, it'll be interesting. I mean, I, I know the the, the pitching staff loses a lot, but I think what a lot of people forget from last year too, I mean, this team was riddled with injuries. I I mean, as far as, you know, I know the Gamecocks lose Clark Schmidt and Will Crow, but I mean, you think Clark Schmidt didn't pitch the majority of the season. So, you know, I, I think they had to really learn to live without him last year. Um, so, again, it'll be interesting. I I really like Cody Morris on Saturdays. I think he has a chance to be a star. I mean, every, like I said, there's a lot of guys that are unproven, but I think the biggest thing in the pitching staff is that there's a ton of talent on this team, and I think you're going to see the impact of Skylar Mead, like I said, the toughness and he's going to bring. You know, the players all love him. I think they're all going to play their tails off for him and pitch their tails off. And the thing Mark Kingston emphasized the most, he said, we want guys that are going to throw strikes. You know, we ab- absolutely do not want to walk guys – you know, the biggest thing is he said, we've got guys that have a lot of good stuff, but who's going to throw the most strikes are the guys that we want to, that we're going to throw out there because obviously walks kill and errors kill. So, um, you know, like, like I said, I think it'll be a little bit of trial and error early on with the bullpen, but you got to get it figured out quick before you, uh, you know, take on Clemson in that huge non-conference series at the beginning of March. So one area on the South Carolina roster that is not lacking in the experience and does have some, we'll say quote unquote proven guys, a lot of experience training at least as the hitters. Um, so talking about the hitting overall kind of the position players, um, like I mentioned, tons and tons and tons of experience. Uh, the one thing about that experience though, not a single hitter last year that returns hit over 300, not a single hitter on the Gamecocks roster uh, hit over 300. You had Jacob Olson at 294, which led the team. However, you got Carlos Cortez returning, hit 12 home runs last year, um, Tyler, you know, he's a guy obviously was – has gotten some preseason accolades. I don't have them pulled up all now. Um, but he's a guy who has been talked about a ton, you know, hit 12 home runs and really, you know, what I thought was limited, you know, pretty limited action. Had a huge SEC tournament. Had three home runs there. And Hoover, you know, I, I think we both remember kind of where his season took off when he hit a grand slam at Auburn. Uh, talk about what you think his potential is this season. How good can he be uh, for the Gamecocks? I think he could be a potential All-American.
2: Uh, I think he's that good. Uh, I know he got a lot of work. Uh, pretty sure he was Cape Cod League last year uh, and did really well there. I remember he got a lot of praise. Uh, very, very excited. I've seen him. Uh, he's hit a couple home runs in the scrimmages off of uh, off the Gamecock pitcher. So I think uh, he could have a very good season coming up uh, and potentially be one of the best in the country.
1: I agree. You think he get get to twenty home runs?
2: I don't know about twenty. Uh, 20's, 20's a tough. lot. 20's a lot. <laughs> I can, I say fifteen would be would be pretty cool. But I mean, twenty wouldn't be. I mean, he got twelve last year, uh, and didn't play a lot of non conference and even some of the uh, of conference play. So it's possible.
1: Yeah, I, I don't want to say that he'll. You know, I, I thought about it. I don't want to say that he'll hit twenty because the last time I said a South Carolina hitter he hit twenty, it was uh, Alex Destino last year, and that, oh. that just did not that did not happen. So <laughs> I forgot that he couldn't hit a curveball. I think that's what it was. I, I for, completely forgot about that. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So like we mentioned earlier, I, I completely agree with you. By the way, I think Carlos Cortez absolutely is an All American caliber player. Um, you know, he's a kid that's after next year is going to be a, a very should be a very high draft pick. Um, you know it's gonna be fun to see him man the outfield for sure so you know like like you talked about earlier tyler you were able to because i want to get your take on this because you were actually able to go down and sit in a coach's conference down in where were you guys at Were you're you at the beach it was a myrtle, right? beach. myrtle beach okay yeah you anyways you were at a coach's conference so got to kind of hear mark kingston scholar meet those guys to me you know and we talked about this earlier the biggest change in the lineup and hitting this year again will be philosophy i mean it's going to be <clears throat> way, way less small ball. There was a whole bunch of criticism on Chad Holbrook about bunting, which I don't even want to get into. Um, I think Gamecock fans would be happy with never bunting again. But talk about, you know, you know what you heard from Mark Kingston, kind of what his philo- hitting philosophy is, what maybe South Carolina has been doing differently that he talked about. Just, just kind of give us an inside look at, you know, what the Gamecocks' hitting philosophy will be in 2018.
2: So he wants to, to build a lineup with the best combination of nine guys that do three different things, which are, you know, get base hits and go gap to gap and then hit home runs. Uh, so he wants the best combination of all three of those. Uh, he doesn't want to just sell out on one or two. He wants all three. So there will probably be three of each kind of hitter in this lineup. Uh, how he constructs it, you know, that's up to him. Uh, but he, he ideally wants three guys that can, you know, you know, sit it in the gap and three guys that he thinks can hit it over the fence.
1: No, yeah, absolutely. I know you talked about it as well in the, uh, the batting cages, they have like the launch monitor or whatever. And Oh, it's, add- it's hit tracks. Hit tracks. Okay.
2: So basically it's a, it's like a, a computer program. that sits in front of you while you're in the cages indoors. Uh, and It has a TV screen. So it'll have the, the pitching stats coming from the guy that's throwing, uh, guys that, that can hit it. So it'll go launch angle, exit velocity, all those, all the, uh, 2018 stats, um, uh, and on the computer monitor, it'll have uh, a baseball stadium for the major leagues, and it'll tell you, you know, what's a home run where, where you hit it on the field in a gap down the line, so and so. And Coach Kingston was saying that uh, a lot of the guys were staying until like 2 a.m., having tournaments to see who can uh, hit the ball the farthest at, at different stadiums, which I thought was pretty cool.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. I mean, I I think I don't know that Gamecock fans would be too upset if South Carolina tried to kind of get back to. You know, maybe those teams that were you know, the mid 2000s, late 2000s teams that you know lifted the baseball, hit a lot of home runs. I mean, obviously with the <clears throat> with the bats being kind of like they are, I don't know if we'll ever see numbers like that again. But I mean, Founders Park is the kind of park I think you got to be able to take advantage of. Especially, I mean, if you're South Carolina, you you have to be able to take advantage of that part because you know, as we both know, it's a porch. I mean, it, it can really be a porch, especially down the lines, um, especially to left field for right-handed hitters. It is an absolute launching pad, um. You know, like I said, I I think it seemed like a couple, you know, a lot of times last year I felt like South Carolina hitters went to the plate with just way too much going through their heads, trying to do way too much. Uh, It definitely sounds like from what you're saying, Mark Mark Kingston's trying to kind of simplify things, kind of letting the guys – he's identifying what their strengths are, letting the guys kind of be who they are um, and then take that approach to the plate. But um, I think one of the biggest things this season for this South Carolina lineup because there's a ton of talent there. and There's a ton of guys who have played and have contributed in some – some way shape or form but the biggest thing for this south Carolina team is guys that really need to take that next step as hitters um and, and really as contributors i mean you've got guys like chris cullen who obviously was battling injury all last year but he's a guy i think that it has the potential to have a big time year be a real power contributor um he needs to step up you know what's going to happen at first base I and mean, I, th- I think matt williams is probably going to get a lot of playing time you've also got rally hogan there as well though um you know, somebody's got to step up to man the first base. Uh, you know, Madison Stokes is another guy I think that really, really needs to step up. The senior, uh, you know, has played a ton, but really hasn't done anything, I would say, special. I mean, he hit like two, 224 last year. I heard he was really re- roping the ball in fall, uh, fall inter squads and stuff like that, but it's bringing it to the big show. I mean, bringing it to weekends and uh, midweek games and actually under the lights. So, uh, and then Jonah Bride, Carlos Cortez. I mean, I think Cortez can speak for himself, but. You know, a guy like Jonah Bride Jacob Olson building on what he did last year. I mean, there's a ton of guys, Tyler, I think that you know while there's a ton of talent, I think there's a lot of guys that have something to prove this season, and you know I think Mark Kingston's you know that again, that change in philosophy, I think maybe the biggest thing that sh- maybe the biggest thing that shines through for those guys.
2: Yeah, I think Madison Stokes is the biggest guy, you know I think I think from year to year, he's going to have you know a, a big change from last year. Uh, Coach Kingston talked about him a lot and the progress he's made since he's just since he's gotten here. Uh, so you know, a senior, he's a great ball player, great shortstop. You know, I think he'll have a big improvement from last year, uh, which it, which isn't saying much if you hit 220. Uh, but I think he'll have a pretty good season.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I think with it, I think with Stokes is just more so consistency because you've seen it before. I mean, I've definitely seen it before. It's just about being consistent. I I think he was really one of the biggest guys that you could just tell. I feel like when he went to the plate, sometimes you could just see the you could see the thoughts literally running through his head. I I think he's one of those guys. Just simplify the game, you know, kind of slow down the game as much as possible and let it come to you. I mean, I, I think again, I, if the philosophy change for Kingston I think will help a guy like Madison Stokes a ton. Um, now there were there are a couple of newcomers that will be making contributions that I didn't mention yet. Um, To this lineup, guys, again, that, you know, Gamecock fans do not know a whole lot about. Um, But one guy, you know, we've heard a ton about is Noah Campbell. I fully expect him to start at second base. Um, Campbell, you know, really athletic kid. Heard he's a really physical middle infielder, Um, you know, and has a good bat as well. Has some power, pretty good power for a guy who's a middle infielder, Um, you know, that's not quite – not quite as big. I mean, 5'11", 193. That's a pretty solid build for a, for a freshman second baseman, I guess you could say. Um, the kid out of Durham, North Carolina. And then also one I've heard a lot about is Kyle Jacobson, uh, the outfielder. He was actually listed, I think, as the, one of the top 50 freshman prospects. Uh, or not, excuse me, not freshman prospect because he's not a freshman. Um, he was listed as one of the top 2019 prospects because he actually uh, will be, I believe, eligible for the 2019 draft next year, I believe I read that. I, I yeah, I read, read that, that as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Might, yeah. yeah. He, he should be eligible for the draft next year. Either way. So anyways, Kyle Jacobson, a guy, six foot, one seventy seven out of Ackworth, Georgia um, is a guy we've, you know, I've heard a ton about again. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing for those guys is, you know, again, you can do all that in inner squads and practices and scrimmages and all that good stuff. But, you know, it's kind of about making that transition from, you know, because when you go from those inner squads, to the actual games, everything's going to kind of speed up just a tick. And especially when you get to SEC play and, you're playing against Clemson, it's going to speed up another tick. So how those guys sort of transition in, but I, I fully, you know, fully expect a guy like Noah Campbell and really both those guys to start or, you know, at least play a lot. Um, so, you know, talking about the lineup a little bit, Tyler, um, you know, you obviously see I kind of listed my lineup out here. Is there any changes you would make? Is there – obviously this isn't like in order, of batting order, but I, I tried to kind of make yeah. a – pretty good lineup, if you will, who I think will be starting on opening day, so I'll go through it. Uh, I've got Chris Cohen at catcher, Matt Williams at first. Uh, like I mentioned, Noah Campbell at second. Um, I think Madison Stokes is probably going to start at shortstop, but LT Tolbert's got to fit in there somewhere, I feel like. Um, again, there's a DH spot that I'm not adding in here as well, so um, this is just in the field. But I think Madison Stokes will probably start at short. Jonah Bride at third, manning that down. I think he's one of the best third basemen. Um, in the in the conference, if not the country, especially defensively, uh, and then your outfield Cortez, Jacobson, and Olson. Is there anything you change about that? Anybody that I don't think I forgot anybody, but um, anything you'd as make of right now. Or,
2: you know, yeah. I've heard I've heard Kingston talk a lot about uh, about Noah Campbell and Kyle Jacobson. Uh, and he sees them as guys that are ready to step in uh, and a switch hitter, second baseman. I, I love that. Um, so yeah, I mean that's another thing. Baseball is just so weird because you have to see it first before you can analyze it. It's not like football where you can you can kind of project it. Uh, it's a lot more about guys that can go out there and, and do it when the lights are on. So it's hard to
1: tell. It's a hard game to predict, man. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, you're going to have Adam Hill starting, um, you know, that first game with Cody Morris going Saturday. Um, so with that being said, I mean, there's there's definitely some guys that I did not mention that I want to make sure I go over as well that I think are going to be big-time contributors um, Danny Blair was a guy that I loved watching last year. I'm from Bel Air, Maryland. I, I really feel like Danny Blair always brought a spark to this Gamecock team. I know he only had a home, one home run and like nine RBIs, but he was a guy that I always felt like um, really brought a spark to this team last year, and they were sort of struggling. TJ Hopkins, probably one of my favorite players uh, on this Gamecock team. He's just an absolute baller. I mean, you look at TJ Hopkins, Tyler, he, to me, you just look at that guy and you say, he's a ball player. Like Every time yeah. I see him, he's got a dirty jersey. He's you know, he's busting his ass. I mean, I feel like you look at that guy, like, he, he's a real ball player. So, I, I think he's another guy that's going to have a big-time year. Um, you know, uh, Carmen Modzinski is a guy, a freshman, that I've heard good things about as well. He actually suffered an injury Sunday in the inner squad but from sources I talked to within the Gamecock baseball program, he's going to be all right. Everything should be good to go there. Again, Riley Hogan is another guy um, I think could step up and have a big year. I think, again, he's going to split time at first base. Um, Hunter Taylor again with Chris Cohen behind the plate. You know, it, again, it's going to be interesting. I, like I said, I, I definitely did not want to leave those guys out. And there's probably some guys we don't even know about um, that are going to contribute this season. It'll be interesting to see for sure. Uh, you know, like I said, I think Gil race another guy that has a really good chance to. I think he's probably going to pitch a lot midweek to start out. Like I said, I think they're going to want to try to find one or two lefties to who, that, that can contribute in SEC play. And I think they're going to they're going to make it a point to kind of you know, weed those guys out and see who's going to be a big-time contributor for them down the road. Um, You know, as far as this team, because we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, obviously it's extremely hard, Tyler, to make predictions for baseball, but we're going to do it because that's what we do here. Um, What would you say, you know, we already talked about, I guess the bullpen will be the biggest concern, but what would you say coming into this season, year one of Mark Kingston, you know, what would you say is – you know the thing that you're you're most intrigued by, or you're most excited to see about this team moving forward.
2: I want to see how the guys from last season uh, that were in the lineup uh, uh, a lot, you know, day to day. I want to see how they they transfer from a different, from new coaching uh, into this season. I want to see you know if they hit more home runs, if their average goes up, if their average goes down, uh, how they run the bases. He, I'm just interested to see how he he transforms these these guys. Uh, into a different team uh, it's it's tough going from a different from a uh, it's tough coming into a new coach uh, and you're trying as a player you're trying to decide you know what you want to take from them or what you want to you know remember from your old staff so I want to see uh, how they buy in I want to see how it, how it transforms the team
1: yeah no absolutely I agree with you my biggest thing that I want to you know I'm most intrigued to see is the weekend rotation again. Adam Hill. I think this is kind of his. If everything goes right for Adam Hill this year, he should not come back next year. He, he's he's that he's got that good of stuff. He's that good of a player. Now, if he wants to come back, I wouldn't be mad. Obviously, um, <laughs> you know, being an being a fan, but he he's the kind of guy. Friday night, I think he can really take that next next step. Um, be one of the best pitchers in the SEC, if not the country. I mean, you know, Clark Schmidt last year, uh, I put this up yesterday on our Twitter account. Clark Schmidt was actually before he got hurt. and <clears throat> I guess he had enough innings to qualify because it was on the NCAA website. He finished second in the country in ERA with a 1.34 ERA. I mean, th- that kid was on pace to have a fantastic season. I mean, it showed how highly regarded he was. When What, what did he get drafted? I mean, he got drafted first round. I think like 16th 15th, overall by the Yankees. 16th overall. He didn't pitch a half the season, so I mean, you know that that tells you how highly I they thought of
2: him. too. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, it just shows you how highly they thought of him. Uh, and then you had Will, you had Will Crow coming back for uh, or excuse me from Tommy John, and uh, I, I'm just interested to see again. I, there's a lot of unknowns with this pitching staff, but I think there's a lot of talent as well. So I, I'm just really intrigued to see. Because I know Adam Hill, I think Adam Hill's the known. He's going to be the leader of that weekend rotation. Um, But, you know, I'm really intrigued to see what's going to happen. How does does this team respond when they hit adversity? Because there's obviously going to be a weekend that comes where Adam Hill does not have his best stuff or he simply, you know, they just get beat, simply put. And, you know, if you go down 0-1 and you turn to a guy, Cody Morris, an unknown, on Saturday and then you go to Sunday, you turn to another unknown. How are those guys going to respond? Because this team last year and, you know, I, like I said, I'm not going to point any fingers at who the blame can be put on. But I think it's safe to say this team did not respond to adversity very well last year. And there was a ton of it. I mean, there was an absolute ton of it. So, you know, I, I think, you know, there was a lot of opportunity for them to do so. But I, I just I'm, I'm interested to see kind of the mental makeup and how these guys respond to adversity. I mean, they're like like I've mentioned before, South Carolina has never been good at anything or won anything without being a tough team. So I'm very, very intrigued to see that. Uh, before I get into predictions, Tyler, I did want to take a look because I'm pretty intrigued. at this. the schedule for the Gamecocks. Um I want to go through the schedule really, really quick if my computer will cooperate. Here we go. Uh, so the Gamecocks open up with three against VMI. You know, I'm going to highlight the bigger series because I think we know a lot the non-conference and stuff. Obviously, March 2nd to 4th, South Carolina plays Clemson in Founders Park Friday, Greenville Saturday, Clemson Sunday. Always a very contested series. will be another huge series. I'll actually be at the Greenville game. i um, very excited about that. Gamecocks open SEC play, Tyler, against the defending national champions, the Florida Gators, at Founders Park. Uh, March 16th, 17th, and 18th. Um, <clears throat> then travel to Georgia for three the next weekend. Host Tennessee um, in a three game set. Then have a midweek game against North Carolina and Charlotte. Tyler, let me ask you this Do you, there any, do you think there's any chance South Carolina keeps that game within 10 runs? <laughs> um, <laughs> let's hope so. I, 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 yeah, I mean, I, it's pretty bad.
2: They it's haven't competed because- once.
1: I think last year, I think last year, I literally told you I was like, "Well, my one prediction is that we won't lose fifteen to nothing." I think you lost like twelve to nothing. Yep, like, it was bad. <laughs> so, like, there's definitely some redemption. Game. Do I? I don't even
2: understand. Like, I don't even think North Carolina was that good last year either.
1: And we we just play an egg when we play them. I don't get it. Um, but yeah, so that'll be another fun one. I'll be at that one because it's right down the street from me. I'll be at, uh be at the night stadium, bb in t Ballpark in Charlotte. Um, Again, then South Carolina goes on the road for three at Kentucky, a resurgent Kentucky team that was preseason top ten. Follow that up with another weekend at Arkansas, who was another you know super regional team. Um, Then you host LSU, which will be a very fun series, April twentieth through twenty second. You know LSU, just a traditional powerhouse. I mean, you know should be a really fun one at Founder's Park. Then you travel to Vanderbilt to end out April, Um, and then finally start off May, three at home against Ole miss three at home against missouri and then close the season out at texas a m for three texas and a team very very talented baseball team a team that was in the regionals last year i not sure i'm not sure if they made the super regionals or not it kind of I, I forget uh but either way i mean when you're in the SEC sort of a gauntlet i think south carolina sort of got away with not too terrible they road schedule. I know I was talking to John Gillen yesterday about old misses old misses road baseball schedule and it was it was pretty brutal. So um <clears throat> you know sets up it should be interesting for South Carolina. There's definitely some interesting matchups again at Kentucky at Arkansas. LSU at home opening with Florida obviously is going to set the tone I think for the season for a conference play at least. Um so that's going to move us into Tyler. Um I'm going to start I'll, we'll talk a little predictions for 2018 again. Um Actually, I'm going to let you start with this. We're going to talk predictions for 2018. Again, baseball, the hardest game to predict. So many things can happen. But you're one of the Mark Kingston era. How do you see it playing out?
2: I see them as a – it's so hard. Uh, I I just see them as a a regional team that doesn't make it out of a regional. uh, But you can still see progression from year to year. Uh, I think they'll be one of the two or three seeds. But it, it all depends on this weekend pitching and these unknowns, if they can if they can come through uh just be serviceable and if the offense can back them up. Uh, I feel like the offense could be so much better than it was last year, uh, which could help those Saturday-Sunday guys out, especially midweek too. We saw there were so many guys that pitched midweek last year that just didn't have it. Uh, they kept having to go to different guy, different guy, different guy. Uh, so hopefully this year you know, you can figure out who your guys are at least a little better. A little bit more consistency, um, yeah. And I see them as a team that that definitely has the potential to to be in a regional. I'll say that. So that's my prediction. They make a regional. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely realistic.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think this team. There's a ton of unknowns, um, especially in the pitching staff. Even with the you know the lineup they have coming back, you know, will those guys be able to take the next step? Be able to contribute? I'll say this: the pieces are there. Um, I think again, Mark Kingston's the right man for this job. I know there was a lot of, um, you know, a lot of talk about when he first got hired, kind of, no, you know, a lot of unknowns with him, nobody really knew who he was, but, you know, I definitely think Tyler from the, what we've heard from him, as far as when he got hired and, you know, the, the conversations you've had, you've heard from him as well. Um, he's definitely the right, the right guy for this job. He's a baseball mind. He, you know, he's, he's got his philosophy set again, bringing in scholar Mead was huge for this team. Um, you know, again, I, I I agree with you to a sense. You know, I think, again, it's going to come down to the unknowns. What does the rest of the weekend staff do on Saturday and Sunday? How does the bullpen respond? How does Demarius do in the closer role? Um, can guys like Jacob Olson, Cortez, Jonah Bride, Stokes, some of the older guys kind of take the next step? Can Cortez lead this offense in that three or four slot, which I expect him to be in? Um, me personally, I mean, I, I definitely think South Carolina will make the postseason. I think they will make a regional – um, I would not be surprised to see them do more than that. I wouldn't be surprised to see them. It, it, the, the bottom line is this: if the pitching, if if the pitching, if they get what they think they can get out of just out of Cody Morris alone, and they have a decent bullpen, I, I think hosting a regional is extremely possible for this team. That, that that's gonna be the biggest thing. It just can can they can Cody Morris be consistent enough because he's got the stuff. But can he learn to pitch and locate and use all three of his pitches and go five, six, seven innings in the ball games instead of, you know, blowing it out one or two innings? So I think a lot of people were surprised. I think some people kind of expect him to be in the closer role. Um, so, you know, will he be able to lengthen his outings? Will he be able to, you know, be a Saturday starter in the SEC? Um, you know, my overall prediction, I think South Carolina, I'm going to go bold, will host a regional. Um, I'm not sure if they'll get out of it or not, but I think, they will host a regional. Again, I think it's really hard to predict. Um, I think South Carolina will finish, I'll say, third in the SEC East behind Florida and Kentucky. I think those are really two good two good, two good, ball clubs. But the SEC is extremely competitive, not just this year, but every year. But there's some really, really good really good ball clubs, and I think South Carolina is going to take a really big positive step. The one thing I'll predict for sure is I just think South Carolina is going to be more fun to watch this year too. Um, you at least hope so. But I, I think for sure just with the – the mindset change, the culture change that Mark Kingston's brought in. You know, I really believe in this team, believe in the guys. There's a lot of veteran leadership on this team. You've got a couple of new pieces as well. Um, I I think South Carolina will be able to take that next step, make the regional, um, and who knows beyond that? I mean, who knows? Once you get in the regional, once you get in the postseason, it's a new game from there. So, um, yeah, that'll pretty much do it, I guess. Um, Kiss the ring, I guess. I I guess I should say that. Um, just in conclusion, you know, I'm not sure if any of you guys saw. Right now, we are giving away a Michael Roth art piece. We just like to give stuff away, Tyler. I don't really, I don't know why I like to give so much stuff away. I looked at that that Roth piece. I'm like, I'd like to keep that, honestly. <laughs> but yeah, we're giving away a Michael Roth art piece. Um, if you haven't seen, to be eligible to win it, I mean, it's really simple. Go to Armchair S on our Twitter feed. Go retweet the tweet. Make sure you follow us to be eligible. Tyler, can you believe that there was actually, when I went to give away the Cox by 90 shirt, there were three or four people I had to skip because they didn't follow us. I was like, how Uh, can you retweet it and not follow us? I I mean, you have to follow us. I I put out the rules specifically, simply. Like, I think maybe people just thought they weren't going to win, so they unfollowed us. I'm like, well, you're lost, I guess. But anyways, make sure you follow us. Make sure you retweet that to be eligible. Um, Stay tuned to the Spurs Up show as well. We're going to have Trey Dyson on the podcast, former Gamecock, current SEC analyst. Um, Also, coming next week, Michael Roth on the podcast. Extremely excited to have him on, talk a little bit of, you know, his playing days with Carolina baseball, where he's currently at now. Um, Just kind of get his take on the Gamecocks' 2018 season and Mark Kingston as well. Um, Also, be sure to check out our merch. Again, I mentioned Kiss the Ring. We've got those T-shirts. They actually match the Carolina Gamecocks jerseys. Um, you know, be sure to check those out. We've also got the Cox by 90 T-shirts. I know everybody loves those. We've given one of those away. We've actually had Tyler every single one of those bought in every color. So, um, very, very happy That's about awesome. that. But the Cox by 90 shirts. We'd love to see those kind of flooding. Williams-Brice Stadium. Well, Founders Park as well, but definitely Williams-Brice Stadium in the fall. Um, it's a really dope shirt. Everybody that's gotten one is giving me great feedback on it. They really love those shirts. So check it out. It's on our Twitter feed. You can literally put in hashtag Cox by 90 and you'll see it. I mean, it's it's very, very easy to find. Also, the same thing with the Kiss the Ring shirt. If You just put in hashtag Kiss the Ring. It's, it's there. It's pretty easy to find. Again, the shirt you want to have for baseball season. Um, one quick note, one little quick footnote, Tyler, before we before we go. Um, I mentioned that they match the jerseys. So, South Carolina is actually rocking new – because this is what the people really want to hear. South Carolina is rocking new Saturday jerseys. I'm not sure. I'm sure you saw my text. Um, they're going with the white on white with Carolina. That's more so in, like, the football football jersey script. And the hats are garnet tops with black bills. Did you see that? I have seen the hats. I've seen the jerseys. I like the hats a lot more than I like the jersey. Yeah, yeah, the jerseys—it's—it's different. It's very different. It's very different. I will say that. I mean, the hats are unique too. That they've been wearing those, I think, the entire fall and spring, like practice in. So I like those hats a lot, though. Those are nice. I'm just—I'm just mad that I bought the exact opposite in the fall with the black top and the garnet bill. But whatever, (laughs) whatever. I'll just get the whole collection, I guess. Uh, And then Sundays, actually, not everyone knows this yet, but they are actually there's been a slight change. They are going to wear Sunday garnet, but the the Gamecocks will still be in black cursive script, but the number is actually in white. So, and the number on the back, I assume, is in white as well. So, not sure how I feel about that, but it'll be interesting to see how it looks. I mean, we all love – I love the Sunday Garnets. I don't know about you. And then Friday is going to be the traditional white pinstripes um, with, I assume, the Garnet hat. So, you know, like I said, bringing the information the fans really care about, the jerseys. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see kind of, um, you know, the look and the swag for the Gamecocks. I I think you got to wear the black jays as well, though. I I was hoping they'd kind of go garnet jays on Friday, white pins on Saturday, black on Sunday, just to mix it up. But
2: white pin stripes have always been my favorite.
1: White, yeah. I mean, white pins is the traditional. It, it's you know you, you can't go wrong with white pins. And then of course you got the Yankee grays on the road, and you've also got the uh, the grays with garnet pinstripes. You know, South Carolina is doing pretty well in the swag department as far as their uh, baseball. Their uh Baseball attire goes. So, yeah. With that being said, I mean, again, I think we pretty much covered it all. I mean, extremely, extremely excited, excited for baseball season. I mean, we're gonna have full, full coverage every weekend, every midweek game. You know, I'll be, we'll be coming to you live. Probably a lot of Periscope videos, previewing series, previewing games. You know, obviously, stay tuned. Tons of pod, you know, podcasts. We'll be kind of going through, follow along with you guys in the season, breaking everything down. Um, should be a fun one. Again, year one of the Kingston era. I mean, I'm, I'm really excited. I know, Tyler, you're excited as well. So, with that being said, we're going to we're gonna wrap this one up. Tyler, you got any last words, anything you want to say before we uh, throw, the, uh, throw the first pitch on opening day? Uh, I got nothing. Got nothing. All right, cool. Well, again, be sure to download, rate, subscribe, and share. iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you consume your media. All of our social media handles, you know where to find us. Armchair South Carolina. Uh, again, like I mentioned, Tyler Clark. This is Chris Phillips signing off. Appreciate you guys listening. We'll catch you next time.
2: what is it you want to do when you grow
3: up? Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality.